Good morning, everyone, and a warm welcome to morning worship at Hillhead. Our service this morning will be led by our Minister Katrina, and it will be a special service of thanksgiving and blessing for Bonnie. A very special welcome if you are here today as guests of Neil and Anita. We hope that you will enjoy your time with us. Everything you need to follow the service is on the piece of paper you were given along with your hymn book as you came in. So if you're wondering what's going on, just take a quick glance there and you'll be able to follow the service. Please stay if you can and have some tea and coffee and some special celebration cake with us at the end of this service. Thank you, Anne. Today is a very special service, um, slightly unusual service, and it's been lovely that Anita and Neil have put a lot of effort into carefully selecting a very appropriate liturgy to share a thanksgiving for the adoption of Bonnie. And we are also, as a church community, welcoming Bonnie and blessing her within the context of our church. So at various points during the first half of the service, different people will be invited to stand up and sit down and say things and not say things. So don't worry if you do the wrong thing. If you suddenly find yourself standing up when you realise you shouldn't be, it doesn't matter. Or if you're sitting down and you sort of like want to just shimmy up, that's fine as well. Just try and be at home. Um, just in case, or I don't normally do housekeeping announcements, but with a lot of visitors, just in case you don't know and you need them, there are toilets that way and there are toilets that way. And in the very unlikely event of a fire, those are the two fire exits. Your life jacket's under your seat. We hope you don't need it. We have some opening responses which are printed on the sheet. Uh, if you would join with me in the words that are printed in bold on the sheet, I will say the words in the lighter text. When we are happy, when we are full of fun and laughter, God comes us. When we are searching, when we are full of ideas and questions, God welcomes us. When we are tired, when we need to stop and rest and wonder, God welcomes us. Alone, together, with friends, with family, God welcomes us with love. Our first hymn this morning is number 100 in the Purple Hymn Book, One More Step Along the World I Go. And it's from the old, I travel to the new. Keep me travelling along with you. Please stand if you're able as we sing together.
And now we come to God with our prayers of approach and of confession. Let's take a moment to be still and to pray together. You welcome us here, God, star maker, dreamer. You love us and we are grateful. You warm us in the sunlight. You delight us with snowflakes and steam engines and stones. You call us by name and create us in your image. You hold us strong in mystery and grace. You call us here, Jesus, Carpenter, Emmanuel. You have worked on earth. You grew up in a family. You know what life is like for us, and we are grateful. You challenge us and nourish us. You make us smile with your stories. You draw us deep into healing and justice. You offer us friendship and joy. You are among us here, Holy Spirit, comforter, disturber. You are alive in us and we are grateful. You nudge us and question us. You call us your children. You quicken us in the wildness of your dancing. You wrap us round securely in the shawl of your love. In this place and this moment we are here, God, caught up in the song and stories, caught up with the stars and the angels and saints, rejoicing in the warmth of your welcome, grateful that you are here with us. You know us, God. All our lives you have known us. You know our fears and our questions. You know the dark and light in us. You know our hunger and our love. Here in the silence of your loving and in the company of your people, we bring you the things that trouble us, that hurt and harm us and others that make us less than the people you want us to be. God, have mercy on us. Christ, have mercy on us. Listen to the words of Jesus, words that we can trust. Don't be afraid. I love you. I forgive you. You are my friends. Come and follow me. Thanks be to God. Amen.
We've got a story to share just now, so if you're little and you want to come and sit on our seashore here, you're welcome to come and join us. If you want to come to the front, please come. This is a story about a pebble on a beach. So we've got our own little beach here at the front just now. There was once a little pebble on a rocky shore. It was small and it was round and it was nearly smooth. Each morning the seabirds sang to the pebble and each afternoon the ocean breezes gently teased it. The pebble was warmed by the sun and bathed by the rain On clear nights, it was dazzled by the stars. Sometimes a storm pounded the shore and the sea threw itself over the pebble. That was exciting, but a little bit frightening. Then the winds would die down and the sea would retreat and the pebble would return to its small and round and nearly smooth life. But the pebble longed for more. If I were a boulder, the pebble said, I might be a part of a big stone wall or the foundation of a great big building. You'll never be part of a stone wall or a building, the other rocks pointed out. You're much too small for that. Well, if I were a grain of sand, the pebble said, I could be shaped into a sand castle or melted into a piece of glass for a fine, fine window. Not in a million years, the other rock said with a laugh. You're too big for that. Well, if I had flecks of gold, the pebble said, or a blaze of shining white, maybe then I could be something special. Stop dreaming, the other rocks advised. You just are what you are. The pebble tried hard to accept what the others had said, but still it felt a longing it couldn't put a name to. There must be more to life than this, the pebble thought, but I just don't know what. The pebble gave up trying to understand. Life was quite good after all. The sky was often a brilliant blue and the air tasted of salt. Scuttling crabs sometimes tickled the pebble and there was nothing so beautiful as the full moon dancing on the water. But the empty feeling just wouldn't go away. One day, a little boy walked along the shore with his mother and father. The boy let the seawater swirl around his ankles and he watched the gulls swoop overhead and he laughed as the shell he was reaching for started to move. Warmed by the sun and everything round about him, the boy was filled with a sense of wonder. When it was time to leave, he asked his parents to wait. I won't be long, he told them. I just need to find something. The boy wandered down the beach. He noticed a smooth shard of beach glass. This all reminds me of the colour of the sea, he said to himself, but it wasn't quite what he was searching for, so he put it down. A little further along, he spotted a white feather. This will remind me of the noisy gulls, he thought. But the feather wasn't what he had in mind either. And then he saw it. It was small, it was round, and it was nearly smooth. It fit perfectly in his palm, and the boy knew at once. This will be my pocket friend, he said. It will remind me always of this wonderful day. He called out to his mum and dad, 
I found what I was looking for. The pebble felt all the warmth of the boy's hand all around it. It glowed with delight as the boy ran his fingers over the pebble's smallness and roundness and nearly smoothness. The pebble knew at once too. He had found what he was looking for. If you would like to pick up a pebble and take it back to your seat, you can go back and sit down again. Yeah? You want to take a pebble with you? So we move now into the blessing, and first we're going to do the blessing within the church family, in which we are kind of welcoming Bonnie. She's been with us for a while, and she is part of our family. This is kind of when we do it, sort of officially. So I'd like to invite Anita and Neil and Bonnie and John and Elaine, who are being the godparents, supporters, whatever name we've ended up with, to come and join me. I'm just panicking in case I've got things in the wrong order here, but I don't think I have. Would you like to turn around so everybody can see? They don't want to see my ugly face. They want to see, especially they would like to see Bonnie. It's really always a joy and a pleasure to welcome new people into the family of the church, to celebrate with them and to ask for God's blessing on them. And today our special pleasure is to welcome Bonnie with her parents, Anita and Neil, to thank God for her and to promise to support her in the years ahead. So I'm going to start off by asking Anil and Anita a couple of questions, and the answer is just we do, so it's kind of fairly straightforward. Do you thank God for the gift of Bonnie, and do you accept the joys and duties of parenthood, promising to love and care for her? Do you promise to bring up Bonnie within the Christian community and to share your own faith with her? And now to the godparents. Do you promise to help Anita and Neil fulfil the vows they've made by becoming Bonnie's godparents? And will you share with her your Christian faith? Do you promise to encourage, support, give love and care for Bonnie? And now if this is your normal place of worship and you're able, can I invite you to stand with us just briefly? And the answer is simply we do, so it's kind of straightforward. Do you promise, insofar as you are able, to offer Bonnie and her family your love and care and to join with her family in sharing our Christian faith? Sit down now. Now, am I going to hold Bonnie or is she going to stay with Dad? Stay with Dad. Okay, can I put my hands on your head? Is that allowed, Bonnie? Or on your shoulder, perhaps? Yeah? Bonnie, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you peace, now and always. Amen. They were allowed a little round of applause there because you did very well there. Okay, go sit, sit down at least for a minute. So we're going to move on into the special thanksgiving for Bonnie's adoption. And I think rather than people constantly moving backwards and forwards, maybe just bob up and down where you are if you want to, or you can just stay sat down. Um, So we're going to start 
with a prayer of thanksgiving for Bonnie. We thank God for bringing Bonnie into this family. God, our maker, we thank you for the wonder and joy of creation. We thank you for Bonnie, made in your image, blessed with your love. Now we're going to have a Bible reading. A reading from Mark's Gospel. Little children in Jesus. People were bringing little children to Jesus to have him touch them, but the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, "Let Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God, like a little child, will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, put his hands on them, and blessed them. This is the Gospel of the Lord. So, we light this first candle for the people who brought Bonnie into the world. We ask God to hold on to them and bless them. We light this candle for me and Kenny and their family who cared for and loved Bonnie in the early months of her life. We thank God for them and ask ask him to bless them as they've dedicated their lives to fostering children. And we light this candle candle for for Bonnie Bonnie and for bringing us us together. together. We ask ask God to bless us as we grow as a family. family. So we're going to say some prayers now, and we're going to start with, um, well, I'll say a few words. Then Bonnie's family are going to, wider family, not just her immediate family, are going to say a prayer. And then everybody in the congregation will be invited to join in a prayer, which is printed on the sheet. So let's pray together. God, look on this family. Be amongst them. May they grow together in hope and love. And we say together, God bless this family. Help us to support them in prayer and action. Help them to live together in love and justice and to share their love with those in need. We're going to sing again in the Purple Hymn Book, number 122. After we have sung that, um, small people have been sitting a long time and have been very patient 
So if you are small and would like to go and play in the creche or would like to go through to Sunday school, then please, at the end of the hymn, just follow the crowds out of that door and somebody will point you in the right direction. But first, hymn number 122. And again, if you're able to stand as we sing, I invite you to do so.
we listen for the word of God, firstly from Psalm 131. Lord, I have given up my pride and turned away from my arrogance. I am not concerned with great matters or with subjects too difficult for me. Instead, I am content and at peace. As a child lies quietly in its mother's arms, so my heart is quiet within me. Israel, trust in the Lord now and forever. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus asking, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? So Jesus called a child, made him stand in front of them, and said, I assure you that unless you change and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. The greatest in the kingdom of heaven is the one who humbles himself and becomes like this child. And whoever welcomes in my name once as child as this, welcomes me. If anyone should cause one of these little ones to lose his faith in me, it would be better for that person to have a large millstone tied around his neck and be drowned in the deep sea. See that you don't despise any of these little ones. Their angels in heaven, I tell you, are always in the presence of my Father in heaven. There's a well-worn cliché that goes something like this. We spend the first 12 months of a child's life waiting for them to sit up, stand up, walk and talk. And the next 20 years telling them to stop racing around, sit down and be quiet. See, my jokes never work. I've got to get something to help with my delivery here. Somewhere in that cliché there is a germ of truth that's important for us to keep in mind on a day when we celebrate rightly the delight and joy that Bonnie brings to her family and the incredible potential contained within this little girl. We make promises to care and pray for Bonnie today when she is small and cute and adorable because we know that that stage is fleeting just as it is precious and beautiful. All too soon the day will come when Bonnie starts primary school gaining not just an education, but learning important life skills, discovering her own interests and her own talents. And then puberty will bring its own challenges as she transitions from girlhood to womanhood and starts to make the choices that will inform her young adult life. And yet, as she grows taller, as her personality emerges and is shaped by experience, 
Deep inside, she will still be Bonnie, still the same child who finds herself in the midst of our service today. Many years ago, more than I would like to remember, I went to a seminar for children's and youth workers where the speaker used an analogy of the life cycle of a butterfly to illustrate their talk. Toddlers and children were compared to caterpillars, kind of furry and funny and cute and endlessly entertaining. Teenagers were compared to the chrysalis, dry, outwardly hard, and yet surprisingly vulnerable. And then, after that dormant period, provided the conditions were right, the beautiful butterfly would emerge, warm its wings, and fly free. As children's and youth workers, we were being encouraged to stick at it during the chrysalis years. It's a brilliant metaphor And perhaps the more so if we can keep in mind that it's still the same creature. That every caterpillar has the potential to become a butterfly. And the only way to become a butterfly is via the chrysalis stage. A butterfly is much more than just a grown-up caterpillar. And yet somewhere in all of those changes, the inner caterpillar remains. And I have a feeling that's true for us as humans too. As we pass through life, as we're shaped by the context and experiences that we have, deep inside each one of us, the child is still there. I'm going to try another cliche, but I know you won't laugh, so I'm not quite sure why I'm bothering. I see this one on social media quite a lot at the moment. I'm not sure what that says about me, but there you go. Growing older is inevitable. Growing up is optional. Oh, you kind of laugh. That's good. Hurrah. (laughs) Perhaps because it's slightly naughty, isn't it? Suggesting that we can grow old disgracefully. But deep within that, there is also a kernel of truth. We can't stop the advance of time. But we do have some choice about how much we let that affect our attitudes and actions. Life experience and adult responsibilities, of course, bring changes. But there are precious characteristics of youth and especially of childhood, that if we're not careful, get lost along the way. There's a really important distinction to draw between being childish and being childlike. Childish, you know, the sort of the petty squabbles, the selfishness, the tantrums if we don't get our own way, or the fistfights that little boys sometimes have. And these are all things we try to leave behind as we grow up. It actually says here we need to leave behind, but... I know I can be childish sometimes. But childlike behaviour, wonder and delight, trust, ready, love, easy forgiveness, joy and playfulness, these are characteristics that we lose at our peril. This week we have seen images that remind us how decisions made by powerful adults can have incredible impact on vulnerable children. The images of Aylan and other drowned children surely haunt our nights. And we have to hold that in our minds as well as we move on to think about what it means 
to think about the child in the midst of us. Because the child in the midst is small and vulnerable and powerless. And suddenly, in the story we heard of Jesus, a child is plonked in the middle of a crowd of adults. That's a scary place to be put. And there are lots of ways we could go in thinking about this story of Jesus who set a child in the midst and said, this is your example. We can't explore them all in detail because there's not time. Some people have got parties to go to. Some people have got lunches to have, all sorts. But hopefully what I do share will just spark a few thoughts that we can take away and ponder as the week goes on. The German theologian Dietrich Bonhoeffer, famous for his part in the plot to assassinate Hitler, is quoted as saying this. The test of the morality of a society is what it does for its children. Now, I know that plenty of other people, including Pope John Paul II and Gandhi, have said very similar things. It's not entirely Bonhoeffer's own idea, but it's an important idea. And whether it is a refugee crisis that leads to children both living and dying in fear, whether it is the proposal to introduce testing to schools for children as young as five, whether it's a cap on benefits or whether it is university tuition fees, what happens and why it happens says a lot about societies locally, nationally and globally. The reality is that children are all too often numbered among the victims of violence, poverty and disease, powerless and voiceless, totally dependent on others to value and advocate for them. So there is definitely a political side to having this image of the child in the midst. But there's also something about church communities and home communities, if I can call a family a community. At best, church communities like human families have people of different ages and stages in life, from very young all the way through to quite old. And each is valued for who and what they are, none being exclusively favoured and none being totally overlooked. At their best, churches and families are places where children learn how to relate to others, to share, to understand the need for boundaries and rules, to develop and discover their own values. Putting the child in the midst, whether it's at home or at church, doesn't mean that everything we do is going to be what the children want, or even what the children like, or even that everything has to be suitable for their full participation. But just as it is with families, sometimes it's good for everybody in church to be together, as we were at the start of this service, and sometimes it's better to offer alternatives that are specifically age-appropriate, as we're doing now. What it does mean, though, is that the welfare of the child must always be taken into account, and that where age-appropriate provision is needed, it's the best we can offer And where we are all together, we each give and take as needed, young and old. We can't any of us have it all our own way. 
Children are small and vulnerable and easily hurt. We have a duty to keep them safe. And at the same time, they're curious, they're resilient, and they're eager to learn. So we have a duty to nurture them well. Cultivating a safe, supportive environment for children to learn and grow in faith is a huge privilege and a huge responsibility for the church. Setting the child in the midst, caring well for those entrusted to us, is a measure of our life together as a church. We won't always get it right, just as parents don't always get it right. But we keep it in mind all the time. So that's a kind of global political view, a community domestic view. But I want us to go back to the butterfly image to consider one other view. The idea that within each and every person is the child that they once were. The call to become a child can perhaps be called a call to look deep into ourselves and to reconnect with the child who's still there. We sang in the song just a few minutes ago, Take the little child in me, scared of growing old. Now, I have to confess, until five years ago, I was very scared of growing old. And then five years ago, things changed, and I thought growing old would be a fantastic gift, but that's beside the point. But I've always understood that line of the song as quite literal, physical ageing. But I wonder if we can hear it slightly differently as an inner child who fears the loss of its childlikeness. In other words, take the child in me who's frightened of losing all this wonderful personality, ideas that I have. Perhaps to be frightened of a narrowing of the mind or of ideas so fixed and firm that they suffocate creativity and discovery. Somebody who will no longer dance, perhaps when no one's looking, granted, or, or do things that bring delight. Could it be that Jesus says to us, Look at your inner child and be more like that. Be the you you really are, not denying what you've learned and experienced, but integrating that creatively and compassionately to be more truly you. There's an alternative line of one of the uh, verses in that hymn that says, let it be more truly me, to be more truly me. Is that what Jesus is calling us to do? To be a bit more playful, a bit more provisional, a little bit intense and certain, and a call to to care for that child inside each one of us. Perhaps it is. One more just before we finish. And here we turn to the psalm. And this beautiful, beautiful image of the embrace of divine love as a small child contentedly sleeping in the arms of its mother. Anyone who thinks there are no feminine images of God in the Bible? Well, there's one for you. I would hope that every one of us has experienced something like that at some stage. Whether it was being held securely in the arms of a birth parent, father or mother or of a foster carer, or an adoptive parent, 
or perhaps a friend or a lover who held us in a moment when things were tough and we just needed reassurance or whatever it was. And in that moment, we felt so safe and so secure that we could sleep soundly. A child in the midst of love. After all the striving to be grown up, to understand and make sense of a world that comes with being a responsible adult, after all the posturing and preening that may arise in the public arena, here finally is contentment. Here is rest. Here is acceptance. Safe in the embrace of divine love. We won't always get it right. Of course we won't, no matter how hard we try. Sometimes we will wish that our children or young adults would sit down and shut up. And sometimes we'll wish that the old people would sit down and shut up too. Sometimes we will disappoint ourselves and each other because the best endeavours just seem so futile. And yes, sometimes we will want to stamp our feet and scream and scream and scream because we find no other means to express our feelings. But for all that, and importantly in all of that, each of us is still held in the embrace of God's love. And like a perfect parent, God will hold us. God will listen to us. God will still us. God will sing us a lullaby of hope and allow us to rest secure, a child in the midst of divine love. Amen. We're going to sing the hymn that is printed on the sheet now, which is one that takes us through the whole of life, from childhood through to late stage old age lord of our growing years and if you're able to stand as we sing please do
We come now to our prayers for others. In our worship this morning, we have shared our joy in the gift of one much-loved child, and we have presented that child to God as a way of expressing our confidence that she belongs to God as well as to us. But now in our prayers for others, we will ask God's blessing on other children who, though they are just as precious as Bonnie, find themselves in very different circumstances. There will be a response in our prayers. When I say the words, Lord, in your mercy, you're invited to respond with the words, hear our prayer. So let us pray. God of love, the image of one child more than all others has been branded on our minds and in our hearts this week. So we remember before you Ailan Kordi, who died as his family fled from the war in Syria. If Ailan's death is to have any meaning at all, we pray that it may be the means of stirring the imagination and the compassion of the peoples of Europe so that we will open our hearts and our homes to other refugee children and their families. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for Ilan's father, who is grieving the loss of his children and his wife. Comfort him in his despair. And in time, help him to remember them as they were in happier times. Bless all parents who are grieving the loss of their child, whether that child be three or 53. Give them strength to go on living, even though it feels just now as if their future has been snatched away from them. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We bring before you every child caught up in conflict. Teach us how to heal their trauma, that they may know the joy of childhood, despite the chaos surrounding them. And we pray for the day when all children can grow up, free from fear and filled with hope, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for children who have never known unconditional love. For those whose parents have never been parented, so don't know how to love. For those whose parents are lost in addiction. For those whose parents are so worn down by the stress of poverty that they have nothing left to give. May those children find other adults, teachers or social workers or Sunday school teachers, who will support them and care for them and in time help them to see that they are valued and loved. 
Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father God, whose love for us, your children, knows no limits, help us to care for all children with the same extravagant love that you have shown us. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's pray together, shall we? Loving and merciful God, we thank you for this time that we have been able to spend together celebrating and remembering, praising and praying. And now we bring these gifts of money, asking that you would help us to use them wisely, partly to keep going that work of faith and witness, and partly to reach out into your world where there is so much need. So accept the gifts and accept the giver, we pray. In Christ's name. Amen. Our closing hymn is number four in the hymn book. I guess this is kind of an aspirational hymn for us as a church. This is what we try to do. We don't always get it right. We won't always get it right. But we do our best to build a house where all are welcome. So please stand if you're able as we sing together.
join together in the closing responses printed on the service sheet. God bless us and our families. Give us courage and keep us loving. God help us to stand sorry, to live in truth, to stand by those who need our help. God give us friends who love us, people and places that help us grow. God send us on our way rejoicing. May we always abide your love now and always. Thank you.